But to us, a child is born, a son is given. Love has entered our world and upended the powers of evil, not by some brute force, but really just by its service, its love, its kindness to our world. An event that occurred thousands of years ago has cascaded through human existence, and the biblical writers point, point us to a child that was born, a son that was given to carry the weight of our dysfunctions. John writes in his letter to the church that this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. He puts it another way in the most famous biblical text where he says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. His love, this ultimate gift, the gift of his son has been given to us. Now let's be clear about this, that though the demonstration of his love culminates in, on the cross, right, it was this ultimate demonstration of God's love towards us, However, it does begin in his birth, with him personally entering into our world, into our space, and putting on the limitations of human skin. As Paul writes, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. He puts on human skin. He puts on our sin and our dysfunction so that we can now have the righteousness. We can now be clothed with the righteousness of God. This display of love is even more extraordinary when we realize that God poured out his love on us. Folks like us who were uh, 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 opposed to this gracious gesture. He poured out his love on us, on, 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 on folks like us that are not necessarily interested in his love in the first place, right? That's where Paul says, God, he, 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 he sent his son for sinners, that even while we were in sin, God, Christ died for us. He poured out this love upon us. And we need the eyes to see, to recognize this love. We need the heart to receive this love and the will and the courage to respond to it. And the challenge before us is that we are often blinded by the numerous distractions, the numerous idols around us, and our hearts are so numb and cold to God's outreach, outreach to us. And our wills are broken, completely broken, completely uninterested in God's pursuit of us. We want our own thing. We want our own gifts. That's why the obviousness of Christmas is, it is imperceptible to many of us because we become desensitized to it. The story no longer feels real. It just feels like an old fairy tale. 
It's like what John wrote in, in, verse, in John 1, verse 10. He was in the world, but they did not recognize him. They did not recognize Jesus. They did not recognize his love. He came to his own, but they did not receive him. They did not embrace him. They did not respond to him. This should give us a bit of pause. Because love can be in the very room. Even now, God's love is in the very room, and yet we may be imperceptible to it. And I know sometimes this is, it's, it's, it's so easy for us to under, underestimate the value of gifts that we receive from people around us as well. It's why sometimes we're more patient and more kind to strangers than we are to our loved ones, to our spouse, to our friend, close friends. Even for me, people will say, oh, Craig, you're so humble, you're so kind. But how does Caitlin really feel about that? That's the person we should be asking. Because <laughs> sometimes I'm not humble. Sometimes I'm just angry. And some, that's how we may be often, oftentimes, that to, to those who are close to us, we are less patient, less kind. I was reminded um, this week um, uh, when, I, when, I, when uh, we were, I was younger, we lived in Nigeria, and one of the fruits Nigeria never uh, doesn't have is apples. And I remember we would eat apples maybe even once a year. My dad would buy it, and it was probably one of the most expensive fruit that we would eat uh, because it's just it's not grown there. But we would eat it, and it's it always tasted like the best fruit we've ever had. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so good. And then when we came to this country, when we came to the U.S., it's apples everywhere. We go apple picking, we, you know, apples all the time. And I would eat it, and it's just like, oh, this is boring. But I remember eating it years ago, and it was the best thing. But because it's everywhere, so much of it, it doesn't taste the same. As the story of Christmas, because we hear it so often, as the, the love of Jesus, because we hear it so often, become so, um, um, have we become so desensitized to it? Because we hear, it about, we hear about it so much. Have we become so tired and bored of hearing about God's love for us? The reality is this, that we cannot afford to get tired of this story. We cannot afford to get bored with this story because his love really is, is the thing that should sustain us, is, is the thing that should, uh, should keep us in his will, in his purpose, and in his plan. As Paul writes in his prayer to the Ephesians church, and it really our prayer as well, is that we are to be rooted and established in his love so that we have the power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, long, deep is the love of Christ and to know that his love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with, with, to the measure of all the fullness of 
of God. We can't be tired of his love. We can't be bored with this because when we receive, when we recognize, when we receive his love, we are filled with the fullness of God. It means this, that we, that, that in God, we are enough. In God, we have enough. This is the foundation of our spiritual life. This is the foundation of following Jesus, that in Christ, we are enough. So I got, um, in, when, when Christ was baptized, um, there's the, the story of the dove coming from heaven and saying to Jesus, this is my son in who, whom I am well pleased. God's love is enough. It is more than sufficient to sustain us through thick and thin. Again, we serve a God who doesn't walk by us, even though we're blinded. He, just, he doesn't just walk by us. He actually comes to us. And this is what Jesus did. He came to a world that was blinded to him. We serve a God who doesn't leave our hearts numb and cold. No, he wants to give us that, the, the heart of flesh so that his love can actually permeate us. We serve a God that even though our wills are broken and even though we may not be interested in him, he pursues us. And every Christmas we are reminded of the lens through, the, the lens through which, which God took to reach us. He puts on the limitation of human skin to be with us. This is why I love what um, Thomas Martin says. He says, the surest sign that we have received a spiritual understanding of God's love for us is the appreciation of our own poverty and light of his own infinite mercy. Understanding our own dysfunction in light of what he's done. Understanding that we are so uninterested in him and yet he's still pursuing us. We can look at ourselves and we can see our dysfunctions. We can see our brokenness. We can see... um, our doubts and our insecurities and all the things that we are so, we, 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 we're so, um, we feel so down about, and yet God still pursues us. The Christmas story reminds us that in our sins, in our brokenness, God pursues us. God loves us. This is why we're reminded during this season that we can come to God with all of our mess. We can come to him with all of our doubts. We can come to him with all of our insecurities because he is faithful and just to forgive us, to love us, and to care for us. So as we um, 
journey on during this season of Christmas, as we uh, journey on during this very dark season, that we are reminded of God's mighty, beautiful love for us. That despite all we are, despite all we do, he pursues us. He loves us. May we remember God's love during this season. Amen.